0: Is that better. And there we go. Um, from, as some of you know, from January eighth of two thousand and twelve through February twelfth of two thousand and twelve, I delivered a series of messages uh, that we called "The Best Is Yet to Come." And during that time, I invited the people of caring community to think and to dream and to pray about what it would be like for our next five years in the life of that of our church. Uh, to be the best five years in the life of our church, and obviously we talked about a variety of things, and, and the bottom line boiled down to that in order for the next five years to be the best in the life of the church, in many ways, they needed to be the best in our individual lives. We needed to be growing, we needed to be praying, we needed to be serving uh, so that the church might continue to grow stronger. I know some of you who were not or some of you were not attending here uh, back then. And uh, I wanted to give a quick recap uh, of those messages. And the foundation for those messages uh, came from Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to read this passage and Spence is going to go ahead and, and follow along with the slides. And, and again, I know this is one I refer to often and, and I'll come back and say a little bit about it after I read it. But Acts chapter 2, th- this is after the day of Pentecost and there, there's been this huge influx of people into this new group of people who were called Christ followers. In Acts chapter They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, I would acknowledge that early in my ministerial career, when I would read that passage, I would zero in on that last phrase, and I would get excited at the prospect of God adding people to the church daily. And and it was just like wow. But as I have matured and spent more time in ministry, I've come to develop a deeper respect for all the other dynamic things that are taking place. You have people who are increasingly committed to prayer. You have people who are increasingly committed to growing and developing their spiritual lives. You have people who are increasingly committed to building a community of like-minded, Christ-focused individuals who are striving to grow closer and closer to him. A byproduct of that is the, is the numerical growth. And, and so as I read that this morning, uh, I just wanted to emphasize it's not just about numbers. It is about this dynamic environment where people are becoming all that God created them to be in every sense of the word. In that series of messages that I talked about uh, back in 2012, um, we emphasized that in order for our church to see the next five years be our best five years, there was a people element to that. And, and it involved, perhaps, on some level, more people attending. Obviously, if, if a church is doing all that God would have it to do, many times that includes seeing numerical growth. Uh, it included seeing more people entering into that real, personal, and life-changing love relationship with God that we talk about so often. It included more people stepping up and, and embracing service, going from attender or perhaps going from guest to going to Christ follower, becoming a regular attender, and then becoming engaged in service. And, and, and I just want to emphasize briefly is when I talk about service, sometimes it's easy for people in my position to give the impression that, that the importance of service is so that stuff gets done within the local church. But friends, the essence of service is that is a natural outgrowth of our spiritual development. There is something wrong if we are in a relationship with Christ and we are seeking to grow spiritually and on some levels we're not engaged in serving. That is a natural part of health. So it's not just about filling slots. It is about helping the members of the body become all that they were created to be. In that series of messages, when we talked about people, we emphasized that each and every one of us has been created and gifted, equipped by God to make a difference in his kingdom. He did not create any of us to simply be spectators. He did not create any of us to simply be sponges where we soak up and soak up. I I avoid sponges at all costs because they sometimes are connected to cleaning, but I have had enough experience with sponges to know if you saturate one and just leave it sit there, it gets stinky and nasty in a hurry. I wonder if there's a spiritual parallel there. If we just soak up and soak up and soak up without ever giving back so that's part of what we emphasized and we talked about more people investing in ministry through our tithes and offerings and and for it to be our best year ever the people who are part of the church needed to increasingly say you know what I believe in what God is doing and reflect that in the way that we choose to give we talked about how for the next five years to be our best years it, it would involve more people connecting in community now There was a time when the local church was just that. It was the local church. And everybody lived in a fairly close geographic proximity. That is no longer the case. We're scattered all over Calhoun and parts of Jackson County and beyond. So we have to be intentional about connecting with the people with whom we worship so that together we have a sense of unity to maximize our potential. And then we also talked about for the next five years to be our best five years from a people standpoint, we needed to see more and more people embracing and living out the vision that we have as a church. And I'm going to say more about that in just a moment. The second element of that series is we talked about people, and I just want to, as I, oh, I got ahead of myself? I love it when I do that. Um... I want to say that it's been a couple years ago now, but looking back on the series of messages, I don't think I've ever done messages that I've had people quote back to me more often. (laughs) Okay? I cannot tell you how many times I've heard people talk about people, places, and programs. I don't know how many times when I've been discouraged or or I've not wanted to put forth the effort that perhaps a situation required that I've had people say, well, Pastor or Steve or hey, doofus, uh, how are the next five years going to be our best if you don't step up? And so we talked about places during those messages, and I'm not going to belabor the point too much here, but we talked about the importance of making the the most of our existing space. We talked about taking the ministry with us when we leave. All right, it's not just about these walls. Every one of you here, every one of you here has a place of ministry that is not here. There's a place of ministry where you live. There's a place of ministry where you work. There's a place of ministry where you hang out when you're not at home and you're not at work and you're not here. Okay. Places is not just about this building. We talked about the need to expand our contact in the surround, or our yes, our contacts within the surrounding community we talked about continuing to support ministries outside our walls and outside of our community. When we talked about places, we also talked then about the possibility of needing to address adding additional space. Then the third part that we talked about was programs. And, and just a, a very quick thing, we, we talked about maintaining our current programmings the stuff that we had been doing up to 2012 but we also talked about the need to add and to begin to build on our programming options and um, then we talked about this one and we talked about how those things the people places and programs are all interconnected if we have people but we don't have programs or a place for those people, we've just got a crowd, a bunch of people hanging out. If we've got a place but we don't have people or programs, what's the point? If we have programs but there's no place to hold them and there's no people participating, do we really even have a program? So I wanted us at that time and I want us today to continue to think about the fact That in order for us to continue to move forward, in order for our next five years to be our best five years, there needs to be that interconnectedness and an an emphasis upon growing and developing in each of those areas. So today, preceding our input forum that's coming, I, I thought maybe we should pause for just a moment and say okay that was 2012 it's now 2014 I can't believe I'm saying that it's now 2014 so two down three to go where are we at and what needs to continue to happen for us to keep moving forward Uh, a quick refresher if you will I come back to our vision. And I know some of you have heard this over and over and over again. Some of you probably have not heard it nearly enough. But this is who we are and why we do what we do. And you're reading it for yourselves, but it says, it is our vision as a church to become a Christ-centered, family-focused environment where people of all ages are invited, welcomed, and challenged to live out a passionate love relationship with God friends that's why we're here and that impacts each and every one of us in the striving to live out that passionate love relationship with God and it also impacts anyone whom we might reach out to to invite them to welcome them to challenge them it addresses our desire as we've been able to enjoy the privilege up to this point of being a multi-generational group of people And, and To me that's what that whole community from Acts chapter 2 kind of speaks of. And and I just want to say I I realize because I've been here a long time. Well you'll see that later in the forum. We have a visual representation of how long I've been here. (laughs) But I realize sometimes we've done things for so long that we don't Keep re-emphasizing them, and emphasizing the vision is one of those things. But many of you notice, and, and unfortunately, probably many of you don't notice anymore because you're used to it. But but each week in the bulletin, uh, we put the financial figures from the previous week, and and we started doing something years ago very intentionally. But it's become normal to us, and I just wanted to pause and remind you. At the very top of that section, it says, Amount Needed for Vision Realization $2,997.91. That's what we need each week. Now, friends, for many years, that said, instead of Amount Needed for Vision Realization, it said Amount Needed for Budget. All right? And then as we thought about it, it's not about a budget, folks. It is about a vision. That's why we give. Out of an obedience and a determination to partner with God in accomplishing the vision that this church has set for itself. And then it says, I'm out received for vision realization. And friends, I just wanted to remind us, it's not about a budget. It is about a vision. So back to... The people, places, programs thing. We've seen progress on the people front. On May 31st of 2011, for that church year, our average weekly attendance in Sunday morning worship was 122. On May 31st of 2013, at the end of that church fiscal year, or church statistical year, our attendance was 136. So in that first two years, we've seen some numerical growth. We've seen new faces become regular attenders and engaged in service. We've seen new people step up in new ways to serve, to serve as teachers, to serve as helpers, to serve as we saw today on the worship team, to serve as ushers, to serve as greeters, to serve in leading and and participating in special activities and special classes. The addition of the staff position that we filled with Cheryl Willer has enhanced our ability to provide pastoral care and facilitate connectivity. That's part of what we were looking to address. Many of you get calls from Cheryl that you would never get from me. And that's not good, bad, or otherwise, but it's one additional opportunity for us to connect on the people level. People are invest, investing in the financial support of our ministry at an unprecedented level, moving us toward those next five years being the best five years. Since January of 2012, we've had the privilege as a church to participate in 13 baptisms and dedicate 10 children. Friends, we have seen progress on the people front. Places, since then, many of you know, we've talked about it a lot. But since then, all of our classroom space is being utilized on Sunday morning. We even tore out a wall to help facilitate some of that. When I think about places, and I talked about your places of ministry in addition to this place of ministry... Some of you have been phenomenal in terms of inviting your friends and your coworkers. But one of the things that we've seen continued growth, and thanks in large part to Scott and to Cheryl and to all of you on Facebook, is an ever-increasing presence on the place of social media. And I don't know if any of you do this, but sometimes when I look at Facebook and I see people liking stuff that has to do with our church, I say, who are they? <laughs> Why are they liking our stuff? <laughs> they don't come here. But I realize, friends, we have an opportunity to have a place that far exceeds anything that we can ever do in a physical place. I have no clue how many people listen to the to the messages that we put out there but we have opportunities and we are exploiting those opportunities on some levels to expand a place and then also as you know and as we'll talk about more in a little while in response to the place issue we formed a building committee and they've invested a lot of time and energy trying to look at what kind of solutions might be there to help us take another step forward in making the next five years our best five years. As, as we look at that, as we look at the history of our church, there were some moments that were part of the, the best, the good old days. When we went from the Holiday Inn to renting from the Methodist Church, that was, a, that was a good move. When we went from the Methodist Church out to here, was a much better move. But friends... I don't sense that we're done with places just as we're not done with people. And it, I already switched slides, but, it, but I think also we talked about, when we talked about places in, in 2012, we talked about those we support, and since then we've added the support for Ballet 5-8, and they're touching lives that we will never ever interact with. But we have, a, we have an investment there. We have invested as a church, and I'll talk more about this in the forum, but with Jason and Val going to seminary and investing in their future ministry. Again, touching lives that we will never interact with. So the whole places things continues to develop, but there is so much more potential. And then programs. With increasing frequency, and sometimes Cheryl or I will make a comment about this, there is some type of ministry taking place in this building throughout the entire course of the week. With increasing frequency, there's more than one thing taking place here at the same time, which is the ideal for this facility to be used in as many different ways as possible. I was talking with Ed yesterday, and and just the the realization that while that is a great thing, The realization is the more the building's used, the more the electricity's on and the more the heat's on or the air conditioning's on. So we need to understand that, yes, our goal is to see the facility used as much as as we possibly can, but there is a price to pay for that. We talked about programs in 2012 about maintaining most of our regular programming, the stuff that that we've always done, things like Sunday morning and youth group, and things like vacation Bible school and the fireworks outreach. Things like Hoosier Harmony and our small groups, the wild game dinner, the Tigers game, men's retreat, harvest party, winter jam, all those types of activities. But while at the same time looking to add, and and I I had to laugh at the diversity uh, of some of the activities that have have been a part of this past year. The CPR classes, finance class, a cheese making class, (laughs) A movie night on the lawn, the hearth and home entertaining tips, the car care class, uh, orientation for our classroom helpers, uh, orientation for those who serve as ushers and greeters. We've seen some expansion in the programming. But I come back to this slide about the interconnectedness. The bottom line is, We have made some progress in making the next five years our best five years. We really have. But there is so much more to be done. There are people that we haven't reached, there are people that we haven't discipled, there are people that haven't stepped up to exercise their gifts. There is so much more. There are places that we haven't touched. There may be places that we need to expand. There are programs that still need to be added or revived. Increased spiritual growth and discipleship opportunities comes immediately to mind. Other activities designed at helping each of you become all that Christ created you to be. In order for the next five years to be the best five years, it is still true that each of us as individuals have to be engaged on each of those levels. It's not enough for some people to do it. It's not enough For some people to do one and not the other. I went back and listened. I didn't listen to all messages because that would have taken a long time. But I went back and listened to some of the messages that I did back in 2012. And sometimes I amaze myself by the stuff I say. (laughs) Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. (laughs) But I said, talking about people. And talking about attendance, I said that we could see a significant increase in attendance if every person present would just miss one Sunday less a year. Okay? That's no longer true. For us to see an increase in attendance, it's not enough for us to just come more often we need to be mindful of seeing the opportunities and seizing the opportunities to invite and to draw those within our circles of influence to come and join the song. I want to close with a couple passages of scripture, and they both come from Philippians, and I'm going to limit how much I comment about those, uh, but there's just a couple of my my favorites that to me really speak to where we're at. In Philippians chapter 1, starting with verse 3, the Apostle Paul writes, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Friends, that is true for you. God wants to do a great work in each and every one of you. And to whatever extent you're willing to cooperate, he will carry it on to completion. And he also wants to do a good work in us as a church. And to whatever extent we're willing to be a part of it, he will bring that to completion. Then in verse 9, he, he continues and he says, And this is my prayer, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Friends, imagine what would take place in the people, places, and programs of Caring Community Church if each of us saw our love abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So that each of us was increasingly able to discern what is best and sought to be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Each of us filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Friends, I think the next five years would be the best five years. Then Philippians chapter 3, when Paul talks about pressing on toward the goal. Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 7. But whatever is to my profit, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know. Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. And then verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Friends, that has most significantly huge personal implications for each of us. But I think there is also a challenge for us collectively. To say... We have a really neat history as a church. We've had some good times. We've had some great times. We've had some not so good times. But friends, I certainly don't want to think that the best is behind us. I want to think that the best is ahead of us. And I want to press on toward the goal that he has called us to pursue. Would you pray with me? Father, none of us knows what the future holds. And I suspect most of us eagerly long for and anticipate the day when you come to take us home. And our future is eternity with you. But until that time, Father, you have us here for a purpose. And that purpose is to take your message, to live your message. And to share your message with others. Father help us. To invest ourselves. In seeing your work done. In our lives. Your work done in our circles of influence. And your work done in this community. And your work done. In this specific local church. Thank you Father. Amen.